Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. You are listening to the Intentionally Inspirational Podcast. This podcast is created for hungry entrepreneurs who are seeking motivation, personal development resources, and actionable tips. Now for your host, Jason Wright. What's happening, everybody? This is Jason Wright, and this is the one-year anniversary show of the Intentionally Inspirational Podcast. More specifically, it's episode number 63, entitled, The Power of a Single Voice, with J. Michael Collins. At last we are here, the glorious one-year mark. Oh, man, just thinking back to the beginning. Thinking back to the beginning. We've come so far, friends. We, uh... Started off a year ago with no plan, no direction, no audience, no idea what the hell we were doing in any way. And we have somewhat of an idea now. We've got two team members in addition to my wife and I, Crystal and Carlene. Thank you, ladies, for everything that you do every week. We've got 25-plus great guests on the show, which is awesome. We've got a, a brand growing and building around it, so it's a lot of positive things, and For that, I am thankful, and I thank you for that, audience members. Inspire Nation is a gift that I've decided you can give me. Here's what you can do for me right now. Go to iTunes. Leave us a review. Subscribe to the show. That's all I ask. That's all I ask. If you would do that, that would be incredible. I must start off with a shout-out to my friend Derek Alexander from The Mix Lodge. You can check him out on The Mix Lodge on Instagram under that name, and he helped me use my existing plugin for Skype to split the audio so that I can level out the volume between the voices of me and my guests. So you will notice on this show, my guest and I appear audibly to be in the same room instead of the guests allowing me quiet as usual because I didn't know what I was doing. Now I know, so it should be better. So very cool. Thanks, Derek. I appreciate that. Well, now we're going to jump into the show and see what J. Michael and I had to talk about. And as always, I think you guys will enjoy the topic and the flow of the conversation. Let's check it out. Hello, everybody. Uh, Today I've got a great guest with me. I've got J. Michael Collins with me. Uh, For those of you that don't know who that is, let let me tell you a little bit about him. J. Michael is a voiceover professional of the highest caliber who's worked with some of the largest brands in the world, uh, you may or may not have heard of these brands. Let me just share some of them with you. Disney, Domino's, ESPN, McDonald's, Nike, Facebook, Ford, TNT, Sony, and NASCAR. He's an industry-leading voiceover coach and demo producer as well. I could go on and on and on with, with this intro, but instead of making it awkward for him, I'll just say hi. Welcome to the show, Jay Michael. Thank you, Jason. It's a pleasure to be here. I, th- I see my publicist got a hold of you and uh, and gave you all that uh, information. So that's, that's much obliged. <laughs> hey, no problem at all. You've earned it, obviously. Well, very nice. Well, it's not every day that I get to talk to a professional voiceover person who's built a, a career out of this. So I just I can't wait to hear this answer. How did you get started with this line of work? I mean, obviously, you've got a great voice, but tell us about it. 
Well, I, I, it's funny. I started like a lot of people in radio, but it was a different uh, start, I think, than many people had. Um, I, I sort of lucked my way into a major market drive time business news talk show at the age of 15. Uh, in fact, I, I was probably the youngest business news talk show host in, in, in U.S. history at that time. Uh, on Bloomberg Information Radio, it was in Dallas, Texas, KGBS, AM 1190. Um, we had a uh, family friend who owned the station, and uh, I was able to get an internship uh, to go and work after school in high school uh, on a show called Texas Money in the Afternoons. And uh, it was a show where they read a lot of copy off of the Bloomberg Wire, um, it did some interviews, uh, did a few live Q&A with, uh, with listeners, but mostly copy reading from the Bloomberg Wire and the latest business news. And in any case, I interned on the station for, for I don't know, about six months uh, with a guy named Dan Foster, who uh, was the host of the show at the time. And all of a sudden, they decide to sell the station to a company that was going to turn it into a, a Christian music uh, station. So the format was going to change completely. And Dan Foster decided, well, you know, he saw the writing on the wall. He knew a year from then he wasn't going to have a job and uh, decided to go back into the oil business. So one day the owner of the station calls me into his office and says, uh, I'm going to give you a break. I said, okay, well, what are we talking about? And he said, well, Texas Money in the Afternoons is yours for the next uh, year or however long it takes to close with the FCC. Uh, he says, you know, if you run it into the ground, I can't lose any money. I've already sold the station. But if you do something with it, maybe you'll you'll build a, a career. And uh, as it turned out, it didn't turn into a radio career. I, I did well with the show and, uh, and maintained the ratings. But uh, I started doing voiceovers for some of the station sponsors and some of the companies that uh, that advertised on the station and uh, moved on to a sports talk show after that gig was up and was doing the same thing for people who worked with that station. And by the time I was out of college, I had uh, a you know, small business. I was making a legitimate living as a voice actor. It wasn't a whole lot of money, uh, but I had, I had the chance to go to law school and uh, decided, well, I'm already making a living here, so maybe I'll try this. And my family thought I was nuts, but it turned out to be a pretty good decision. <laughs> Absolutely. So I'm curious when you so you were 15 when you got going, obviously, or, or maybe has your voice changed by then? I mean, did you already have the deeper. It did, voice? yeah. When it was about 12 years old, it, I started sounding like I do right now, which wow. was a little little awkward in middle school, but uh, <laughs> served served, served a purpose. An image of Peter Brady came to mind. I don't know why. <laughs> well, that's very cool. So. Man, I'm just I'm just imagining this. You're in law school and you're like, "No, I know what I want to do." And your family's like, you know, "No, you don't want to do that." So, I love what you said about that because so much of of what me and my audience talk about every week is uh, going against the grain, going against what everybody else thinks you should do. And it's nice when I see people that went with their instincts and made it, you know. It's a it's a wonderful thing. Did you have did you have support along the way with the the voice acting anywhere or was it pretty I mean, it's not something you hear about every day. Was it pretty lonely in that regard? You know, just it, it was. It was fairly lonely in the, at the beginning because at that time, I it, the voiceover community um, has developed 
quite a lot in the past 10 years or so. Um, when I was first starting out, it wasn't quite as, as fleshed out as it is today because the technology had not changed the industry at that point. The technology that, uh, you know, with the advent of the internet and the advent of home studios, um, the ability to record professional audio uh, has expanded from, you know, a, a coterie of small studios in, in New York and Los Angeles and Chicago and a few other major cities to now, you know, anybody who's got a few grand can create a relatively professional setup in a, in a walk-in closet if they want to. And that's opened the business up to many, many, many more people than had access to it before. And so now you've got a, a real thriving community out there and then all the social networks and social media are, are you know, just humming with voice actors and, and communities of voice actors. Uh, that wasn't really there when I first started. So, you know, it was a bit of an adventure. I, you know, I had an agent and they would help find me work and I would do a little hustling on my own. And, you know, the first few years, it wasn't a whole lot of money. Uh, and, uh, and it, 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 I wasn't always sure if it was the right choice, but it seemed to grow a little bit year on year. And I, I felt I was headed in the right direction. So I stuck with it. Very nice. Well, we kind of get into my, my next idea there. I was going to ask you, is the industry tougher now or, you know, five years ago? And it sounds like it was maybe tougher, uh, tougher now from a competitive standpoint, but easier to get into because of technology. So that definitely makes sense. I mean, I'm look at, looking around where I'm sitting right now, and I'm in a, a finished uh, third floor of my house. And it works really well for what I'm doing, but... You know, without the technology, I mean, I would, like you say, that none of this would happen. So it's just really, really interesting to think about. Well, the well, business is it's 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 different now. Um, you know, it's I, I think one of the great mythologies in voiceover today is that the market is oversaturated with talent. Uh, that's not really the case. The market is oversaturated with people calling themselves talent, and I I don't mean that in a, in a, in a I don't really I don't mean that in a pejorative way. But there are a lot of people who don't take the time to get the training that they need uh, or to get, you know, a, an honest evaluation of their their natural ability level. Voiceover is a lot, you know, people think, oh, I just plug in a microphone, I've got a nice voice. Um, it's easy. It's just talking. Well, no, it's, we, we, we say voiceover a lot, but really what we call it is voice acting because the acting element is what separates the people who are highly successful from those who struggle or don't make it. Uh, you have to be an actor. To, to do well in this business these days. That wasn't always the case. If you go back when I first started, I was always the guy who sounded like this, and it was just a big voice, and it was, you know, it, it was announcer man. Um, and back then, that worked. You could sell that all day long. These days, buyers are looking for something much more authentic and much more believable. And so being able to connect with copy, being able to create a character, being able to be real um, is the coin of the realm. And, and the people who haven't had the training to do that and then go out there and try to make their way in, in the voiceover business usually face a very harsh reality because they're competing with people, um, you know, who have spent many hours in one-on-one -on -one coaching, who have had professional demos produced, who have invested thousands of dollars into their, their business um, in order to hang their shingle and have a marketable product. So it, it, there is a... You know, there are more people doing this than there than there ever have been before. But the the corollary to that is that because of the way technology has changed, there's far more work out there than there ever has been before. There's far more work out there than there is quality talent to do it. So if you have the chops, um, you can make it in this business and you won't go hungry. But you have to be sure it's right for you. Absolutely. 
Well, I was going to ask you, what what are the biggest obstacles in establishing yourself as a, a voiceover pro? Um, you've touched on some of those, but if somebody were listening now and, and considering that, what would you kind of say to them in that regard? Well, there are a couple of things that are prerequisites. Number one is you you have to have an instrument that is marketable, and that, that doesn't mean that you have to have a you know smooth, warm voice, uh, you know, like like you have or like I might have. Um, there are a lot of people, you know, a lot of millennials out there, a lot of young kids out there who have got very conversational sounds, very natural guy next door, girl next door sounds that are are absolutely making bank right now. Uh, but you've got to have a voice that people are going to be interested in buying for one reason or another. If you have a voice that is off-putting, um, this probably isn't the right business for you. I mean, you know, if you have a speech impediment that can't be fixed, it's probably not the right business for you. And I've heard people try to get into it who who just won't make it and and haven't had people do the right thing and tell them that you know this probably isn't for you. There, you have to be careful because there are a lot of predatory coaches and demo production mills out there um, who are really happy to run anybody's credit card as long as it's it's active and will sell them a pipe dream. Um, they're, you, you know, one, one or 2% of the people who try to make it in this business actually succeed. So you need to be aware of that before you get into it. Um, but if you've got the instrument, if you've got a voice that's, that's interesting, if you then can learn the technical side of things to where you are able to produce quality audio, then the next step is getting the training, and it's finding a, a coach or a coaching organization that you can vet, that you can verify their credentials, that you can trust will not just tell you what you want to hear, but will tell you the truth. Um, and the same thing goes for, for whoever decides to produce your demos, which really are your calling card in this business. Your demos are what help you book work directly, and they're also what help you get agency representation in order to access the very biggest jobs. But um, um, you know, the, the the good news is that if you go back 20 years or so, one of the impediments was, you know, regional access. If you weren't in New York or L.A., it was harder to uh, to book a lot of work. Uh, and also the gear, the technology simply cost a lot more 20 years ago. Today, the barrier to entry is much lower, but you do have to go about it the right way if you want to succeed. Sure. Now, just an equipment question for you. Is the mic that I would use for voiceover work different than what I'm using now for podcasting? What are you using for podcasting? Um, <laughs> on the spot, it's a it's an ATR2100 USB. I think it's a, a dynamic cardioid mic, if that makes sense. Cardioid, yeah. And the, yeah. the answer is yes, it would be different because you never want to use a USB microphone for voiceover. The quality is just not going to be as high. Uh, so first rule is avoid USB. You want a classic XLR, you know, classic cardioid condenser microphone. Uh, there are hundreds of them out there, if not thousands of them out there. And you don't have to spend a fortune. Uh, you know, the, the very top ones do cost a lot of money. My, my mic is a manly uh, cardioid reference. That's my primary mic. And that's about a $3,500 mic. But I've been doing this for 20 years. Mm -hmm. uh, and and uh, that's a luxury that I can afford at this point. You can get started with something like a Rode, which is spelled R-O-D-E, 
NT1A, which is Nancy Thomas 1 Alpha. Uh, and the, the Rode NT1A runs about $220. It's based on the architecture of the Neumann TLM 103, which is a $1,300 microphone. Um, I own both of those mics. They're both in my mic closet. Uh, is there a difference between them? Sure. But is there an $1,100 difference between them? Not really. Uh, so you can find something that's, you know, I wouldn't call it low end, but is certainly affordable uh, to get going that is going to create a professional sound. The other thing that's important is that you pair it with a quality preamplifier. The preamplifier in some ways is the most important element of what we call your signal chain, which is the mic, the preamp, the computer that you use, everything that goes into to creating that audio is part of what we call your signal chain. Uh, and the preamplifier is an important element of that. And again, preamplifiers can go anywhere from $150 for a uh, uh, Focus right Scarlet 2i2, which is a popular entry level preamp, um, all the way up to sky is the limit uh, in the $10,000 range. You get into the $1,000, $2,000 range, you're starting to get into some very, very, very good preamps. So, uh, but you can you can jump in with $500 worth of gear. What you don't want to do is you don't want to go out and get uh, a blue snowball or you know or some other USB mic from Best Buy and plug it into your laptop and uh, just assume you're going to be able to produce. Professional quality audio. It's not quite that simple, but it's not that complicated either. You know, it's it's crazy. Is the the last? Let's see. Was it the last? The last podcast I put out with a guest was with um, Sharon Bolt, and she's uh, in Europe as well. And she was using a Rode mic, and I was like, man. After mm-hmm. the show, I was like, what are you using? It sounds so good. And I think it's time for me to upgrade. And I know I'm getting <laughs> a little off track, but this actually does have a, an XLR connection also. But for Skype recording with you right now, my plug in. Uh, it's it's easier keeping it real simple, so it's uh, right. it's, it's funny, but no, the the mic quality is is definitely something that uh, when you talk in front of one a lot, it becomes very important, and you start hearing stuff that other people don't hear, and it's uh, can drive you nuts for sure. It's a it's a little bit like fine wine, you know. Once once you really learn audio, <laughs> um, you know the the difference between a you you can tell the difference between a five dollar bottle of wine and a fifty dollar bottle of wine. It's it's not as easy to tell the difference between a fifty dollar bottle of wine and a five hundred dollar bottle of wine. Mics are the same. You can tell the difference between a cheap USB mic and uh, you know and a Rode NT1A or uh, or a, a Sennheiser 416, which is about a thousand dollar mic. That's a good mic. The difference between a thousand dollar mic and a $3,000 mic or a $10,000 mic, that's something only a connoisseur is really going to pick up. I got you. I, I always learned with wine, and don't buy it if it comes in a box. That's like the one that's, rule that's, I always That's really good advice. <laughs> <laughs> All right. When we're thinking about voiceover work as a career and we think about you and your journey, how has confidence and mindset played into your success? It's essential. Um, and what I mean by that is... Uh, well, it's twofold. In business, I think, just in business in general, you you have to have a confident mindset and you have to have an approach that believes you are going to succeed um, while you know still maintaining a, a customer service-based approach to the people that you work with. Um, it's important that you you trust what you're doing and that and that you're confident where you're going to wind up. Uh, as a voice actor. Um, Confidence in front of the microphone is essential. It's one of the things I teach as a coach. Um, you know, I always tell the people I work with, I want you to be humble and and very very accommodating to your clients. But in front of in, with that microphone, I want you to be an arrogant sob. I want you to, I want you to <laughs> and I want you to believe that you are 
you know, the best thing since Don LaFontaine and that everything that comes out of your mouth is going to be gold because uh, voiceover is a little bit like golf. Uh, if you get up on the, on the tee box and you think about what you're doing and you hesitate, you're probably going to kill a duck. Uh, this, this is, this is the same thing a little bit. You're not going to kill a duck, but you may, you may kill a read or kill a script. And, and that is, uh, an equally poor outcome. So you have to have confidence and the confidence comes from training. Once you have the training, you, you know, you can go out and reproduce, uh, what the market is looking for. Absolutely. Well, I, I thought of a, a question or something I wanted to say and I, I lost it and I just got it back. So your voice to me sounds very familiar and I'm kind of putting you on the spot here. Where are some places that we may have heard your voice in, in kind of a familiar uh, large market setting, like some of your it's, it's a, stuff? I say it's the, my least favorite question in the world because a busy voice actor is doing 98% stuff that you would never hear, like corporate narration and e-learning and explainer videos. And then the glamorous stuff in some ways kind of gets lost in the mix. Uh, what have I done recently that you might have heard? I did a global TV spot for Jack Daniels where I just had a couple of lines at the end uh, saying, uh, I think it was, this is Jack. Who are you? Um, it's just a, a little commercial, but that was all over the place. Uh, did one for abs. I don't know why I'm going to alcohol here, but I did one for <laughs> Uh, not all that long ago, did some promos for the NBA, um, where you're probably going to hear me most. I mean, the, 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 it's a funny business. The national stuff, the big glamorous work, that's fun. You get, you know, if, if you're doing well, you might get one or two of those a month. Uh, you know, the really, really top ones, you might get a couple of few a year. Um, where you'll hear me a lot is on local automotive, uh, you know, local and regional spots, um, car dealerships. You know, I've got a bunch in the southeast. I've got a, a few in the Midwest, a couple on the West Coast, uh, where they keep you busy. If you get local automotive, you might be doing 10, 15, 20 spots a month, uh, you know, for one client. And, uh, and they can be anything from the big boomers, you know, for the Ford super duty. If you're not, if what's, what's the good line with a Ford super duty. Um, if you're not making dust, you're eating it. Uh, that's what I got running in Florida right now. Um, all the way to conversational. Yeah. I've got a car commercial out there. That's, uh, you know, goes a little bit like, um, you know, Oh, look, it's another rough and rugged car commercial. Oh, this one's supposed to be super sexy. Doesn't anybody keep it real anymore? You know, yeah, <laughs> kind of yeah. going into something more natural. Um, but it's, yeah, you know, I mean, the, the, there's a jackpot going around, Absolute Vodka, NBA promos. That's what you've heard me on uh, more recently. I did a uh, Alice Through the Looking Glass trailer last year when when that was hot that was actually nominated for a voice arts award that one didn't win uh but uh that was that was a pretty big spot so you know you you, you get those few that you hang your shingle on but the cool thing about this business and i think what a lot of people miss because they and, and this talent do this too talent will will laser focus on kind of what i call the unicorn jobs which are those jobs that are going to pay for a car or a really nice vacation or maybe even a house if it's a, a really big national campaign those are great, but those don't come along every day. What pays the bills, what keeps the lights on in this business are those jobs that pay $300 to $1,000 a pop that you do in volume. And and that's where most voice actors are, are really making their money. Very good. I've got actually the girl that reached out to you, Crystal. She's my podcast manager. She's got a great voice and uh, I'm hoping she really enjoys this episode because there's some things that I think she'll take away, but uh, very, very nice, man. This is fun. So, Absolutely. 
one constant thing I, I find talking to high performers like yourself is, you know, some people have this idea of success that you get to a point and you, you throw in the brakes and it's cruise control. But what I find is um, people like yourself are always reaching for that next level. Mm-hmm. Uh, what does it look like for you and how do you get there from where you are? That's a really great question because it's uh, one of the things I think surprises a lot of people whenever I, I coach new talent um, is that I tell them, you know, they, they assume I'm at a certain point in my career and that I'm just resting on my laurels and have it on cruise control. Um, it doesn't work that way. I pull 60, 70, sometimes 80 hour weeks. Uh, I work, you know, pretty much from the time that I wake up in the morning until the time that I go to bed at night, Monday through Thursday. So, you know, I'm talking about 15, 16 hour days, four days a week. And then uh, Friday, I'm working maybe a half day, but um, that's put, put me at 60, 70 hours right there. Uh, and it's because, uh, you know, this is a business where, yes, those big jobs will come in and it'll look like a big payday and you'll be tempted to go play golf for a few weeks. And, and the, you know, that that may be one approach. But as you said, um, I think the, the more success you have, uh, the more driven you are to, to build upon that. And, uh, you know, this is a business where you can continue to expand into new things as your career grows. Um, you know, seven years, eight years ago, I, I was not a coach. I was not a demo producer. I was just a talent. And, uh, you know, was seeing so many people struggle with figuring out how to get into the business and even people being taken advantage of by being sold false hope that I wanted to offer something a little bit better. And I also saw an avenue to, you know, to create more income. Uh, and coaching is, is relatively lucrative. Uh, you know, most most coaches charge somewhere between 125 and 300 dollars an hour. Uh, demo production is fairly lucrative. Demos start at around 1500 dollars and go up to 2400 or more. Um, so there's some money in those fields as well. And as as I've built a profile um, in those sides of the business, my business has expanded, and that actually has led to more voiceover work as well. Just because of the visibility factor as a coach and a demo producer, some of the SEO involved in that, some of the buzz involved in that, and I've even dabbled in casting a bit. I, I do a fair bit of casting for a lot of my own clients who are looking for um, a female voice, a younger voice, or they just get tired of hearing me after a half an hour. Maybe your audience is there. Uh, <laughs> 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 they, they will, they'll come to me and they'll ask me to to help them find a, a different voice for their project or another voice for their project. And um, I'm not an agent. I don't ever take a cut out of what the talent that I work with get. But you better believe that there's a line item on that invoice for that client at an hourly rate. Uh, for my services, helping them cast. So the more irons that you've got in the fire and, and uh, the more revenue streams that you have, I think that's in many, many freelance industries, uh, but certainly in voiceover, the better off you're going to be. And, and you never stop because once, you know, it's, it's the, the line I always use is, uh, you know, the first time my wife and I flew international business class, we thought it was the coolest thing in the world. Uh, and then you do it 50 times, and it seems like it's an everyday thing. And then you fly first class, and you say, oh, I didn't know this existed. And uh, you get to the point where that's not fun anymore. Then you're thinking about the private jet. you know. So there's, there's levels uh, of progression. And uh, you know, I'm a big believer in, in setting your goals uh, to the stars, because even if you fall short, you're going to be doing pretty well. Absolutely. And I love, I love that you said you're still working 70, 80 hours a week. And, you know, I, I just really want people to hear that. I want people to pay attention that, 
you know, the way he got to where he's at is obviously he's got a talent, but do you hear that work ethic? Do you hear that grind that's probably been in full throttle mode for 20 straight years? You know, yep. a, a mistake I've made in the past, and it, it's been a while, but I uh, I quit a big, cushy salary job and went full-time entrepreneur and tried to build up that income from zero to what I was making in like two or three months. Well, I got mm-hmm. a hard, uh, bitter taste of reality, and I failed horribly. And that failure has, has given me experiences to write and talk about the rest of my life. But so many people have this expectation of overnight success. And as you know, overnight successes take uh, 10 years or more in a lot of cases. Yep. So yep. I just I love to hear you say that because it just helps drive home and reinforce that point that I want people to understand. I don't want to deter them, but I want them to know what the heck they're getting into and what it takes to get there. Yeah. And, you know, people look at this business and, and they think it's a simple thing, but there's so much more than just being behind the microphone. You're marketing, you're branding, you're building relationships. You are your own accountant. You are your own, you know, marketing manager. You're your, I have a couple of assistants who work for me now, but uh, that wasn't always the case. And, um, you know, when you're when you're starting out and you know, often for the first five or 10 years you're in this business, you're doing every function of a company on your own. And so it's not just the, the time behind the microphone and the time doing the work. It's the time that goes into finding the work to, you know, maintaining those relationships and then to doing the uh, administrative tasks that are involved in running business as well. Absolutely. It's the, the bootstrapping mentality. You got to save money and do it yourself. But it's nice because it gives you a really well-rounded perspective of business and a respect for it. And you understand how one thing ties into the other. So it's really, really helpful, I think. Absolutely. So what three tips would you give anybody listening who may be looking to get started in voiceover in today's world with the technology that we have and the opportunity that we have? What are three easy tips you would give them? Don't put the cart before the horse would be the first one. Get a qualified professional to give you a talent evaluation before you spend any money trying to get into this business. Uh, A talent evaluation is a one-hour session where the coach will put you through uh, a variety of copy that you can read. They won't be giving you a whole lot of direction. They're going to be taking notes just to see where your natural ability level lies. Voiceover is a little bit like football. Uh, If a a quarterback – is mediocre, uh, a good coach can make them decent. If they're decent, the good coach can make them good. They can make a good quarterback great and a great one they can turn into a champion. But if the guy can't spin the laces and throw the football, there's not much that Joe Gibbs or Don Schuler or Jimmy Johnson, I'm dating myself here, uh, can, can, <laughs> can or Bill Belichick can do with them. Uh, so make sure that you can throw the football before you put down a lot of money uh, trying to get into this business because really getting started is going to be an investment of five to $10,000 before you are able to have the skills to be marketable. Um, so before you put that kind of money on the line, um, go spend a couple hundred bucks, get a talent evaluation and get some feedback from somebody who knows. When I do talent evals with people, 40% of the time I very gently tell you not to quit your day job. Another 40% of the time I will refer you to a less expensive uh, entry-level coaching program that will allow you to get some basic knowledge, and then maybe you come back in a year for one-on-one coaching. And it's only about 20% of the people that I talk to in a talent eval who I would consider working with one-on-one because I, as for me, ethically speaking, it's my responsibility if I coach or produce your demos to be sure or as sure as I can be that you're going to see some return on that investment. So get a talent eval first. Um, number two is... Uh, 
here, here's an easy one. This is an inexpensive one. If, if voiceover and voice acting is something you're really interested in, um, go out and take some improv classes. Do some local theater. Uh, do something acting-oriented that doesn't have to cost a whole lot of money. Get some experience coming outside of your shell. One of the hardest things that new, new talent uh, struggle to understand in, in voiceover is the lack of inhibition that's necessary to be successful. Uh, it's really easy if you're a radio guy or an announcer to you know just be the guy who's sitting there and, and is very smooth and just talks like this all the time. And welcome to my show. That's very easy to do. It's a lot harder to be bouncing off the walls like this and, hey, come on down to KFC right now and try our new sandwich for just $8.99. It's so much fun. I, I mean, can, does anybody really care about KFC that much? No, but you have to make me believe that you do. Uh, so go out and take some improv classes. Get some acting lessons. Um, number three, do not neglect the business of the business. I can't emphasize that enough. Uh, I hear five guys a week who I would not want to be in a studio competing against for an audition. The reason I'm more successful than most of them is because I look at myself as a brand and as a business, not as an artist. And uh, I, you know, just keep my head down and, and drive forward and uh, build and build and build and, and I'm never satisfied. And I hope, I'm hoping when I'm about 55, I will be satisfied and I won't roll out of bed for less than X. And I'll just be out on the golf course every day. Uh, but the work that it would take to get there, um, you know, would have would have justified those results. So keep working. The business side of this is so important. It's what separates the the quality talent who are struggling to make lo-fi figures from the from the quality and maybe sometimes not even quite as good talent who are in the six figures in this business because they work hard. Very nice. Three great tips. I appreciate that. So with all of the things we've talked about today, what is what's next for you? Wow, that's that's a good question. It's uh it's it's always just onward and upward and I think that, you know, going back to the the last of those tips is is remembering that it's incremental and for me um, you know, you get to a point where early in your career, it's having having relatively exponential growth. If you're good at this and you're a good business person, is is not all that difficult to do. Um, once you reach a certain level, if you're growing, you know, four or five percent year on year, you're you're doing pretty well. So I'm in a phase of my career now where I'm doing what I call lateral expansion because it's it's more difficult to expand vertically and and quickly at this point. So I'm trying to bring more work that just comes to me that I don't have to chase as much by adding more local and regional agency representation, looking at some, you know, jobs that I may not have had access to because I didn't have an agent in Kansas City before and now I do and they've got some things in that market that uh, that I wouldn't have even known existed because I, I wasn't playing in that pool before. Uh, so it's, it's one foot in front of the other and uh, you know, hopefully that gets me to a place where uh, where I can live that dream and, you know, have 15 or 20 years at the end of my life to uh, to go and play. And who knows, you know, being an entrepreneur, you you say you're going to go and play and, and you probably never will. But it sounds like a good idea. Oh, yeah. It's hard to turn that switch off, isn't it? <laughs> it really is. Awesome. Well, if somebody listening is inspired by what you said, which won't be hard to do because this has been great, what's the best way they could reach out to you and, and try to get in touch with you? Uh, feel free to send me an email, jmichael at jmcvoiceover.com. 
you can call me, 202-738-1151, but uh, you are more likely than not to get my voicemail because I'm in sessions most of the day. So email is the best way to get a hold of me. If you want to check out my work and my credentials, uh, both as a talent coach and demo producer, go to jmcvoiceover.com, and you'll find a lot of samples there. Yeah, your website is awesome. I was playing around with that for quite a while last night, and it, it's cool. People are going to see stuff on there that they're gonna be like, oh, man, this this guy? So it's very, very cool. <laughs> Thank you Thank very you. much for your time. I appreciate it. My pleasure, Jason. It's been, a, it's been a, a real joy to be here. Thanks a lot. Yep, take care. We are back. Jay Michael, I know you're listening. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate your time and your patience with me releasing this episode. If you guys would like to check out the show notes from this episode, simply go to intentionallyinspirational.com forward slash episode 63. See the show notes there. And I don't know if they're going to change this week or soon, but Carlene from my team has a plan to make them better. So when she tells me she has a plan to make something better, I simply just let her tell me what to do. It's easier that way. So that will be changing soon and changing for the better. So look forward to that. If you guys like what we talk about, check out the website, check out our blog. I recommend getting involved with the Inspire Nation Insider, which is our email newsletter. It goes out twice a week. Good stuff. Great content. Highly engaged people on that email list. And you'll, you'll never see the, the resources, the content anywhere from there. Free online courses, free ebook, more stuff coming. Good stuff. Check it out. As always, I appreciate you guys listening. If this is your first time here, please come back and check us out again next week. If you've been here more than once, I appreciate your loyalty. And as always, reach out to us and let us know how we can give you more narrow contents, you know, something more in your focus or in your area of, of need, want, or desire. Again, thank you for this last year. Looking forward to the next year. You guys have a good evening, and we'll see you soon. Thanks for listening to Intentionally Inspirational. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe to the show on iTunes or check us out on SoundCloud. To check out all of our resources for your startup business success, visit our website at intentionallyinspirational.com. We look forward to seeing you again next week.